The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Good afternoon, everybody. Hi, everyone. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio's Search Engine Optimization Channel. Stream it on SEMSynergy.com or pick it up on iTunes. Our guest today is David Harry of SEO Dojo. Over the past year, Dave has conducted two rounds of testing on the personalized search results. Uh, we've done a bunch ourselves. We've paid a lot of attention to it. We've talked about it at conferences, things like that. Uh, but I encourage you to stick around after the break to hear his findings and, and find out from him the kinds of things that he has seen. Uh, for those of you that need to be brought up to date, uh, personalized search has been around for a while. But Google officially announced that it was rolled out at the beginning of December. Right, for everyone. For everyone, whether you sign in or not. Yes. In fact, you get less personalized results if you sign in because you can actually turn off your web history. You know, give an example. I do a number of searches for baby toys because one of my staff had a baby. Well, theoretically, based on this, all of my following queries are going to be biased by baby results, mm-hmm. right? That's the behavioral component of this. Plus, there's intent-based. There's automatic geotargeting. Uh, you search for the same keyword in Chicago and New York, you get different pizza places. Yeah. Based on where you're at, you get Chicago pizza or New York pizza. Of course, there's no battle going on there, but the geolocation is really what causes most of the problem. I tried deep dish pizza in Chicago. You know, New York-style pizza's better. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, from a California girl, I'm as unbiased as I can possibly be. (laughs) So you're telling me that New York wins both bagels and pizza? Hey. I think it's because they must make their pizza with bagel dough. Really, though? You know who wins? Pizza bagel. The actual Italians. Just saying. You go to Italy, you get a pizza, and you don't want to come back to the States. Actually, that's just sort of in general in Italy. (laughs) Well, here we are personalizing the show. (laughs) That was an editorial comment from Susan. That was all very important information. (laughs) But you're right. I mean, it's it's now personalized. And now that Google knows that I prefer New York-style pizza to Chicago-style pizza, they're going to bias my results that way. When I search pizza, they know I'm not looking for Chicago-style pizza because I always pick the New York-style pizza. Um, The example we use in our training course is Java. If I search for Java, some people want programming, some people want beverages, and some people are travelers. And if 
you have a history of searching for travel sites, it's going to know to bias your results towards travel when you type in Java. Not that programmers don't drink coffee, but you understand the general gist of it. Uh, you type in the word hammer. Are you going to get the Arm & Hammer art collection? Are you going to get a tool? Are you going to get a rap star? Or are you going to get a bowling ball? And it has to do with your history and what kinds of things that you historically search for. I didn't even know Hammer was a bowling ball. Oh, yeah. I've got one. I know about it. I used to bowl. I really did. <laughs> but the thing is, this personalization is going to change everything. Oh, I was just going to say, it brings up a point. You, you mentioned there are lots of different kinds of personalization, and this specific announcement is regarding um, search activity. Right. Not as much the location-based or intent-based. or. But when they fold it all in, I think it's going to get muddled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that, you know, there's also the mobile side of it where that's getting personalized, too. It used to be when I would do a search on my mobile device. Even though I was searching on Google when I from my mobile device and they can grab the GPS and whatever, I still had to put in a location query because it wasn't automatically grabbing it. Now it just automatically grabs it, and it knows where I am, and it's just going to give me the recommendations based on where I am. Right, and and what was that? A couple months ago, when you started seeing local, uh, the local ten pack or seven pack or whatever start showing up, even though you didn't say or specify a location, it just seems like Google is really on the ball as far as thinking they know what you want. Yeah, <laughs> and well, again, got to remember, Google's playing a numbers game. You know, if 20% of the people, this is way off base, 80% it's on base. Yeah. And, I mean, particularly with the local results, what, 90% of results have some kind of local intent, is what they say? That's a huge number. That's a ridiculous number. I, I really think that that's a very important thing for SEOs to note, too, is that they're doing the geolocation all the time, silently. If you have a client who has a local interest, you must be in local results. Well, getting into local is a little bit uh, of, a, of a process. Uh, there's approximately 30 different sources that impact whether Google's going to put you in the seven-pack area next to the map. And those sources, uh, we've aggregated the list, and we find that if you're in four sources and your competition's in seven they're considered more important than you. Yeah. So it's really a voting system of how do you get in all these different sources. Um, uh, the, a product we're releasing a little bit now, uh, it's you know $50 a year for a certified brick and mortar to get into the, the all 30 sources because we have a feed mechanism to get you in 30 sources. For 50 bucks a year, you do it. Try doing that on your own. It would take you forever to get into 30 sources. It, again, localization is just part of this. Right. But I think that what is, well, let's back up, folks, and not forget what Google wants. Google finds that if what they do is allow you to personalize the results by a local region, that the return on investment of pay-per-click ads in that local region are going to be higher, which leads to higher cost per click on those ads, right? So... Essentially, what it does is it gives Google an increase in their revenue from pay-per-click because the ROI is higher, people pay more for the ads. This whole thing helps. 
Uh, Google only has so many results that they can show you for a national query. Well, if they divide it into pieces, they'll show the same number of results, but without overlap. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, the ad revenue is even higher. And the uh, ability to be relevant for the query, especially if it's a query that says, I'm going to get in my car and go somewhere and pick it up, that kind of a query, those kinds of items really are major. And I think that the personalization that's going to be automatic is going to lean towards localization. I think it's going to include intent. It's going to include behavioral. Uh, I think it's going to uh, really, really change it. I mean, when two people in different cities do the same query and get different results, right away, what's that mean for SEO? Yeah. What's it mean for a ranking report? You're well, going to have to... You're <laughs> going to have been saying they're dead for a year. Yes, I've been saying it's analytics, not ranking reports. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely the case at this point. Yeah. It's time for a quick break, but when we come back, I'll talk to Dave Harry of the SEO Dojo for more on personalization. More SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Want to learn the biggest asset to driving online success? Let me introduce you to my expert advisor, PixelSilk. PixelSilk is a robust content management system built on a foundation to create online marketing success. It's the only content management system that offers keyword-specific SEO advice, can integrate with your shopping cart system, and offer multi-site management. PixelSilk frees my time while making my company's website easy to manage and promote. Even better, PixelSilk has been embraced by the SEO community. I'm Bruce Clay, and PixelSilk is the first CMS I have ever felt good about recommending. With this winning combination, we have all the tools we need. PixelSilk.com, the ultimate in SEO-driven CMS. FriendFinder. FriendFinder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With FriendFinder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm joined by David Harry, founder of the SEO Dojo Community Resource and Forum, a blogger at homa.com and Search Engine Journal, and a self-proclaimed sausage, also known as a seriously obsessed search geek. Welcome back to the podcast, Dave. 
Hello, how are we today? Merry Christmas, happy holidays, or whatever is appropriate. <laughs> so on the show today, we've been talking about how Google has expanded the personalization of search results to all users, including those not logged into their Google account. And Dave, you've done, I think it's now three rounds of testing around personalization of Google results. And I actually took this last latest test. And um, so when I took it, there were these, the question was basically to query Google with um, three different uh, phrases. Related, and related they, they, queries, yeah. All about lamps. Each one was a little bit different. So oh, what was lamps, it? Yeah. Antique okay. lamps. Okay, that's right, that's right. Antique lamps. Uh, not something that I, I search for often, but what was the goal through those queries? What was the, the aim of that test? Well, uh, I guess a few things. One was um, the original round of testing, we did an informational query that was SEO related because we're assuming that most of the people taking it are going to be in internet marketing at some point. They've searched these kind of terms, so you're going to see more personalization. Because personalization, if it's a, a user that's just searching something for the first time or the first time in six months or when 180 days or however long you want to keep it, it's not going to personalize. It's when you go back to different query spaces a second and a third time and, and things like that. So this time we, we used lamps. And I thought it was relatively obscure. So we one of the questions was, have you searched for a lamp or a table or an antique or anything like that in the last two months? And, and so far with this round, it's almost about 42% of people have which was a lot higher than we figured. <laughs> um, so the idea with that is is that you're you're doing query refinements. You're you're searching one term relating to lamps, and then you're like, well, you know, I didn't find anything. Then you're going and you're doing a query refinement to a second and a third related query that's building a task. Search engines look at um, qualifying a user by their the success rate of their task. Are they being successful in finding what they want? How long did it take them? So we're we're trying to establish that basically. Okay, and so, like you said, when we did the first round or one of the earlier rounds, the query was kind of related to what the um, the test takers were were interested in and likely had done searches for before. Whereas this time, it, it sounds like maybe by forty two percent, there there is some. Um, there is relations, and once again, the first one was informational. This one's transactional, so even that's going to start to mess with things. So. Uh, you know, and then, you know, you could throw in brand searches if you want to do navigational. Um, so so that's that's going to switch. But, yeah, we did, we so far from what we're looking at, we've seen far more uh, personalization with, with the informational query that's related to the user. Even this time, and you've got a mix of some people had personalized turned on and they had searched uh, for lamps recently or something related, and, and some people had personalized search turned off. But either way, we're not seeing, like, wholesale change. We're not seeing a big massive flux, to be honest. It, it looks about the same. You know, but I talked to an information retrieval person this morning. They said, well, Dave, you're going to have to like give it six months and do it again because this is going to, they, they won't, they're saying that the odds of it being rolled out in one big update isn't going to happen. It's going to be incremental over the next little while, if anything. You know. Okay. And I'm sure that you're, you're going to continue with the testing and actually you haven't finished analyzing some of this data for the UK users that you were telling me earlier. So we've got more to see. We have the UK to do, and then there's this whole bunch of, of results from around the world that we can't really use because it's it's not a large enough data set. But what we can do is take all that stuff and see who was ranking worldwide for some of these terms, and then you can reverse engineer those sites and try and figure out why. It's sort of like secondary fun. 
So, mm-hmm. but yeah, the UK we got a fairly good response this time. I think we're up to about thirty or forty different people. So, we're going to be able to at least look at the UK as well as the US. So that'd be nice. Okay, so in the large picture, actually, personalization may have um, be may, may be coming out stronger now because of some of the other announcements we've heard of lately, like Google Caffeine. Um, and you brought this up to me earlier. Will you? Can you explain a little? more where the relationship comes in? Well, yeah, because um, implicit the data they collect from user activities, behavioral metrics, are, are called implicit or explicit feedback. Essentially, that just means they're taking data from what you're doing or they're asking you to actually involve yourself, like search wiki or side wiki or voting on a social site. Um, and, and the problem with any of that was always, one, being able to process individual signals. If, as you, you could imagine, the, the more you granularize your processing, meaning if I'm trying to serve every per- person unique results, the processing power just hasn't been there to be able to keep Google fast and fresh and, and whatever. And then you have spam, so because spam would be a problem. People are going to, you know, there's lots of people that I've talked to who are like, oh, I'll make this bot, I'll make that bot, and I'm like, oh, God. And, and so how do you deal with that? It means Matt Cuts and company need more process power to look for these new signals and find spam and deal with spam. So it all ends up being more processing power. And that was something that I used to write about and say, you know, it'll be nice, but we're not there yet. At least nothing I'd ever read said so. But now we have caffeine. Or you look at the Google DNS or, or Google, in, you know, is load speed time actually a ranking signal or just a way to get everyone to get faster so that they can process mm-hmm. quicker? So it all seems to be that, and Google said personalization is their big future for years now, and so it, it all seems to be tied in. Caffeine announcement, uh, all the things that have been happening. So, Okay, so before I ask you to speculate about SEO recommendations regarding personalization, um, there's a caveat. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's simple. Uh, any, any SEO, like I've... I've talked to people that do information retrieval, and, and, and to try and reverse engineer Google at any time, any kind of testing would require massive computing power and, and, and being able to isolate um, isolate given factors, meaning, um, hold on a second, so I'm answering the phone there, thank you, um, meaning you'd have to isolate things, I mean, if I don't know which... 200 signals are using, and I don't know the weights of all 200 signals, trying to isolate one element is next to impossible, because you don't know the rest of the ingredients, you don't know the rest of the pieces. So even with our testing, we're not even looking to take apart the algo, we're just trying to see how surplus is happening across a given region. But even at that, we've hit two query spaces, we've hit two different types of searches. You'd have to be doing this 24-7 to come up with meaningful data. So all we get is anecdotal data that we can go, okay, well... This is something to pay attention to, but we'll never know. Okay. So, yeah, that's my, um, my caveat with this stuff. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're, there's not things that SEOs are going to be doing going forward to try to be in the best position possible in a personalized search world. So do you have any, um, after you know, learning what you've learned um, through the testing, what would you what recommendations would you give to an SEO trying to optimize for personalized search? Well, I was talking with someone about half an hour ago because we talked about this a lot the last week or so. And, and I said, I hate to sound like a Google fanboy, but the, the writing is almost on the wall and, and that good content, uh, make your users happy. All of these things are, are, are really what 
appeals to a personalized search environment. So, you know, if we like it or not, the Google's almost dragging us to their mantra, <laughs> kicking and screaming or whatever, but it, it's, it's an engagement thing. When you look at social signals, people like one of the comments on, on a post of Rand's recently about it, um, they were like, oh, bounce rate. And they started talking about the bounce rate again because this one SEO company, he was applying for a job, uh, believed so much in the bounce rate that they wouldn't use Google Analytics and this and that. And he says, wow, I thought they were crazy, but it must be true, he's saying. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Um, <laughs> you, you, look, you look at any kind of these signals, and it's not any one of them on their own. It's a combination. Did the person go to the page and bounce back? You don't know if they found the information right away. Are they satisfied or not? Um, time on page, someone walks away from the computer for half an hour. Um, so the look at scrolling. Did you save it to favorites? Did you print the page, email the page? Now that we have the social graph API and the social search experiment, they can also look, did you share that piece of content? Um, so it, it would be a combination of all those factors, but they all do cycle around engagement. You know what I mean? So I, I'd imagine even the social media guys will like it because it gives SEOs a reason to make sure there's buttons that are on the page to share an item or, you know, tweet this and stuff like that. So the more engagement you have, the more likely it is that, that that's where you're getting some sort of ranking boost. If you're engaging users, they're, they're, a search engine can tell through a combination of implicit signals that, that okay, this person did like this page, you know, then you're getting somewhere. But once again, we didn't see, we've never seen a lot of movement in the top four, though. The top four positions, it's always sort of like five to ten where the, the personalized results pop in. So it's still shoot for the gold. You're still going for that top four with your normal SEO techniques. That's kind of a relief. So keep the engagement as your key and then also shoot for those top four spots. Easier, Well, right? yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I wrote a post maybe a year and a half ago or maybe a year ago, I don't know, about analytics and ways to track engagement from search results and, and stuff like that. So I, I've been watching engagement for a long time because of the influence of social. But So this kind of puts new perspective on it. But it's something people should have already been doing. If they're not, I'd get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice, and I can't wait to find out uh, more. Read the results as they as they come out. Um, but it's great to have a sneak peek with you here. Thank you so much, Dave. Not a problem. Anytime. All right, so you can contact David Harry on Twitter. You'll find him at the Gypsy. The gypsy. Can, yeah. And also Homa.com, H-U-O-M-A-H, and also the SEO Dojo, which you'll find at Homa, which yeah, is an awesome. Just- just, just search SEO Dojo. I, it's my branding genius once again. <laughs> it's a, the, the domain name, a long, long story. <laughs> you can actually find that on the last time you were on the podcast. Yes, we, yes. We I, I do it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So thanks so much for sharing your research on personalization and happy holidays, Dave. You too. Enjoy yourself. After the break, we'll be back, this time to add our two cents about the news on real-time search. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for 
maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebeoffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire. Thank you. Since I signed up with RevenueWire, conversions have increased dramatically. RevenueWire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, ParadaLogic, and AvonQuest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics and reporting tools, campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top-performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher, thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia Nessie here with Susan Esparza and Michael Terry. And before the break, I spoke to David Harry about personalization and search results. It's not like a new thing, but it's a development that's been in the news lately as it rolled out to all of Google searchers, regardless of whether or not they're signed in. And another new feature that's gotten a lot of interest lately is the real-time search results. So we thought we'd take a minute and consider how real-time content is changing search. Right. Well, obviously, when when they rolled it out, everybody sort of gave it that, that side-long glance of, hmm, we're not really sure about this. And then Ray um, Hoffman wrote that incredible post just really highlighting the the dangers of it and and how easily you can spam it how easily you can put content on the front page of your search results so that was a really really interesting post on on the outspoken media blog now did anybody actually try to put miley cyrus porn in a in a tweet and see it show up on the first page of google <clears throat> or anything like that because they do do some vetting yeah they there claim that like they do some filtering. filtering they they say they do but it's really easy to get around, apparently. I mean, who was it who run, ran a test? Um, <coughs> the, um, the search agents? Right, search agents did. And, and they had it set to medium, and there were still things coming up with as simple as, you know, putting a 
dollar sign instead of an S. And well, like on that. Medium, full curse words were showing up. Right. It wasn't until Safe Search that, you know, some... Right, it was strict. I'm sorry. Or, yeah, sorry, strict that some replacement letters were being put in, not at that Oh, okay, so that's interesting. So the normal Google search preferences apply to these the Twitter filtering. They didn't write it first. I think this is something that they added a little bit later, because I think right at first I was hearing people say, you know what, this is I have safe search on, I'm still getting this stuff. And, you know, I don't know if you've read that article Ray wrote, Michael, but I didn't. it's, it, I mean, it was really very, you know, hey, little kids, if you want Miley Cyrus stuff, click here. <laughs> I mean, it was... I'm shocked, honestly, because Google is such a conservative organization that they would have let um, let this get out there without really strict um, filtering of the kinds of stuff that can make it through. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy because they knew that this was going to happen. I mean, <laughs> they knew that there was going to be an outcry really. I think they were rushing it to market because they had to do something to counter Microsoft. And there's so much of that from Google this year. Where every time Microsoft announces something, right, Google's right. like, oh, we just happen to have this product in development that's going to totally trump whatever <laughs> you have. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't realize this was in response to a Microsoft product. What was the announcement that Microsoft had? That- Microsoft Bing started putting Twitter into their search results. Uh, and uh. so Google has this implementation where it's a little, whatever, scrolling feed. Right, right, right. And it was very shortly after. Um, it's interesting because... At the white hat, black hat panel, I know they, they definitely always pull together a whole bunch of experts, and they all seem to agree that this was definitely a response to Microsoft and that real-time search on Google would be very short-lived. Yeah, yeah, because, because it is such a giant vulnerability. I mean, really, it, it, it's, it's amazing how vulnerable this, this implementation is because you can't filter what people are saying on Twitter... All you can do is try and filter between it getting from Twitter to sure. Google, and I don't think they have the capability to do that yet. No, and I mean, there's <clears throat> the whole point behind PageRank was to have this kind of you know universal, strong vetting process, mm-hmm. which you don't have anything like that in something like real time. Well, and then, I mean, we really can't not talk about it, but Brittany Murphy died Sunday, and I remember I. Did a search on my phone. Twenty-two minutes. TMZ had post. You know, twenty-two minutes before TMZ had posted their story. A couple of other sources had already picked it up. It was in Google News. Whatever. Like, I want to say three or four hours later, I did another search again from my mobile because I was lazy and didn't want to turn on my computer. And it had gone from being the Brittany Murphy search had gone from being you know three results about her death to the entire page was about her death. Um, and like the fifth one down was search engine land. So Danny had already gone in and looked at how it was affecting Twitter or how Twitter was affecting, how the real time search was affecting Google. And aside from whether or not you think it was a disrespectful (laughs) way of doing it, it is a good example of, of how, how how real-time search is working now because, you know, Michael Jackson died earlier this year and this was not the same... You, you weren't able to see that same kind of results rolling in quite as quickly. I think Google's freshness factor has, has been pumped up a lot. Sure. And he used the, the example of Brittany Murphy, but <clears throat> I actually started getting value out of the real-time search results when uh, Chris Henry 
fell right. out of the back of his truck, <laughs> and nobody had any information what was going on. And I was able to go to Google and get the. And I normally don't use Twitter, really, so <laughs> this is my first exposure to getting real information. Yeah, out of well, Twitter. that's another interesting thing because that was Chris Henry died. 12 hours after people started saying that Chris Henry died. Right, right. That was, you know, it was one of those weird coincidences of hoax death. I almost think that's a better example of the way media is changing and and real time being on the the edge of that because you you didn't know, nobody had any real information, but people were retweeting it and tweeting it as if this was the case and using unvetted sources and this is the way everything's becoming. Anybody who has a microphone can put out news. Including us. Uh, but that's it for this week's show. Uh, our, thanks to our guests, David Harry, and thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing the show. Check out semsynergy.com for more, week on, for more on this week's guest and topics, or follow us on Twitter at semsynergy. If you have internet marketing questions or if there's anything you'd like to hear about, email us at semsynergy at bruceclay.com. Come back next week for more industry info and experts. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy, and have a Merry Christmas, everyone.